Welcome to West of the Midwest, a podcast where this brother and sister share our experiences in life and how we grow along the way. Join us as we dive into the mind-blowing differences between the Pacific Northwest and Midwest cultures, people, health, politics, and more. No topic is off limits here. So sit back and relax as we hit the road. Vroom, vroom. Happy week. Happy week. Cheers. <laughs> Ding. What do you got? I have an espresso martini. Mmm. Yum. Coffee. Mm, made with Bad B Cold Brew. And let me tell you, it is a very rich, delicious flavor. So with Bad B, you're putting uh, coffee on the map in the Midwest then? Because it's not really here. No, it's it's getting there. We're building they have, up. They have soda. That's that's what they have. That's their coffee. There, I think near you, there's not the same level of coffee. And I'd say here, compared to Washington State, obviously there was a coffee stand on every corner. Every uh, like all the corners, four corners you can have. I, actually, I have not seen a coffee stand since we've moved here. Oh, really? I've seen a, a couple. They're pretty rare. Yeah, uh, and drive-through is really only starbucks so that's the next phase yeah. of bad b not a not a lot of choice there no so how was your week uh so this week was um interesting my uh my daughter's grandma passed this week so that's been really tough for oh, her that's so hard um i found out yesterday as soon as i found out i just started crying for her like just my my daughter she uh she means a lot to me and i I just care about her and her, her, where her mind is at and where her emotions are. And it was a, a tough day, I think, for her also because it was like a, um, like a bittersweet day because she got her car yesterday, her first car. Oh, wow. So it was like literally the same day. And I was like, oh, so I, I talked to her yesterday and she had, you know, told me, yeah, I'm excited and, you know, sad and, I was like, yeah, pretty bittersweet. She's like, yeah. I said, yeah, you remember the other day that was me? And she was like, yep, I remember, you know, so we were able to connect on that level. But yeah, because um, she just lost two grandmas in a short amount of time. Yeah, for sure. Well, and her mom was actually pretty sweet um, yesterday and nice to us. Um, just touching back about our, um, our mom's passing. So, yeah, it's tough, well, but it's it's. You know, like I said, bittersweet, right? Because we got some mm-hmm. good stuff as well. So um, my father-in-law just went back home and grandma, um, went, his mom, they were visiting for a week and it was really nice to have them. Oh, good. Visit. And we had just a really nice time. Didn't do too much, but we didn't do nothing. We went to the uh, Jones, I think it's Jones Park. Um, it's music, music at the park over in uh, Appleton. Yeah. So... They have this amphitheater down um, at the bottom of an actual hill, like, mm-hmm. and it blasts music up and out. So it was it was just a really great experience um, to be able to go out and enjoy the music on yeah. Thursday night. We skipped our bags league and went to uh, to the concert. You skipped right? bags? Oh yeah, oh yeah. The concert was really good. It was fun. There was reggae and jazz, so the music was great. Ooh. They had food trucks. They had. You know, they were serving beer and people were just, we were having a great time. So it was a good week. Good. I'm glad. How was your week? This has been a big summer for family visiting and people visiting in general. Yep. For sure. We had, well, you had your visitors. We had ours. The nephews were here from Washington. Yeah. Christopher and Isaiah. The boys, Titus, Christopher, Isaiah, all went camping by themselves for the first time. Oh really? No, no adult supervision. No adults. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> so, fires, cooking their own food, going fishing, and I have to say that that was more difficult for me in some ways than I thought it would be, and less than others. Yeah. I knew that they would be fine figuring things out, but then you go through your mind: Did I teach them enough about forest fires? Did they actually make sure that the fire went out? You know, knowing how dry everything is here. They can't be the ones that accidentally spark something. And then where they were at, they're by a lake, but with the trails, it's like a 40-minute walk. So I'm like, oh, well. I know they're tough and they can do it, but it was really hot days. So 
Are they staying hydrated? And then it's like, get out of your own head. They'll figure it out. It's fine. <laughs> Was it so, just one night? Two. Two nights. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. Two nights, three days. And so I think that was a big moment for them that they'll remember when they become adults. Oh, yeah. For sure. This huge was, like, yeah. change in reality for a weekend and just. <laughs> well, and, and Kate, Auntie Kate to them, she already had, because we left so much camping stuff at your dad's property. And so there's a lot of things we didn't have. And so like the kitchen box. She has one of those, which is all the kitchen stuff you'll need, cast iron skillet. And that was the thing, too, is it wasn't just it wasn't just hot dogs. They had their cast iron skillet. They had eggs, sausages like they were set. Right. <laughs> so that was that was a big thing. We took the boys out on the boat. We um, did a lot of what you kind of like staying at home and just hanging out and talking. And it's um, it's interesting to, to I know that we've been here almost two years. But then when I think about them visiting there's so many days we have missed but then so many memories we've gained in them being able to visit and build those times together so it's a it's interesting to work out in my brain yeah and then um, before that you know we had jeff was here and then next week your dad's here yes yeah, so <laughs> pick him up Wednesday from the airport, and he messaged me, and he said, "Hey, can you call me this weekend because I need to figure out what I need to pack behind besides all my Seahawks gear." <laughs> <laughs> I just laughed because we make so many jokes that we're going to turn the spare bedroom he's staying in when he's with us before you guys in all Packers stuff. We won't do that. Right. I was like, "Oh yeah, you're going to have a Packers pillowcase. <laughs> you're going to have bedding." He won't. Oh my gosh, that's funny. <laughs> so that's kind of been our, you know, trying to find a balance for me. How much of, oh, and my birthday dinner. So it actually was crazy. Josh cooked for 14 of our friends. We were sad you guys couldn't be here, but we knew you had family in town. And it was nice. Our tropical backyard. He made a chimichurri steak, smashed potatoes, grilled veggies, and a grilled salad for each person. So for 14 of us. And then our friend BJ was the bartender that night. So we had a whole bar set up oh, wow. with craft cocktails. And that was his gift to me for my birthday. Yeah. And so it just, it just was perfect. It was the perfect night. People just sitting around talking. My love language is quality time. So to have that many of our close friends just sitting around a table together, breaking bread, it, it meant everything to me. And I just kept thinking, oh man, I can hear mom's laughter in the back of my head. When a joke would happen or something funny would happen, you know, how her laugh just carried across a room. I could hear her and I feel like that was like God's gift to me that day. I didn't hmm. think I was going to miss her so much on my birthday, but. It was really special to like when I'm sitting around just trying to like see through her eyes and like how happy she would be for us and for me on that day. Like, daughter, this is what you always have wanted and you have it. Yep. So that was really special. Well, good. I'm glad you had a good birthday. It was good to hang out with you on your birthday. Yeah, that was nice. And to see Aunt Mel. Yes, she was here. So, yeah, we have had a lot of visitors. Yeah, I'm excited for the Seahawks game at Lambeau so Field where they happen to play the Packers. Happened. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be fun. I'm, it's going to uh, be so fun. We're going to tailgate. Excited for tailgating, for sure. Um, yeah, it's just it's been a really good summer. It's been great. Summer it's in all of our first football game here. Because we haven't done a At game Lambeau. here. Yeah, I haven't yeah. done one either. Yep. And we've been here for two years. You guys have been here for about, well, now a year. Yeah. We've gone to like some high school games, but definitely yeah. not any pro football for sure. I, I I actually enjoyed the high school game that we went to. It was really They're fun. They're good. 
yeah. it was good. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. The, the parents were a little, like, some of the parents were over the top. Like, it was definitely, you could tell, like, this kid is probably not enjoying football, probably because his dad is a little bit crazy about it. You know, like, but. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Small town Midwest football teams have nothing on the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> the 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 energy that comes from like I remember going to Woodway games and there would be like alumni or parents there. And I will say there's there's more kids that go to those, but the energy from these games here is just wild. Yeah, here is it it's fun in one sense, in the other sense I kind of feel bad for some of the kids, you know. But most of the kids it's fun. Like but that yeah. one kid you're like Dude, that dad is on him for like for nothing. What what did he do? He he missed a tackle. Well, big whoop! Like that tackle was not the end of that kid's world. Like not yeah. the way he said it. So that's the part where I'm just. It's fun to watch, um, kind of those interactions because I don't want to have that feeling uh, trans transferred to my own children for things that you know they. I just don't want them to feel like their dad's disappointed in them. Like I want to, I want them to know their dad is proud. Yeah. I think that's a hard line to toe when you, when your kid has expressed as something they want to do for a career. And like when Titus was fighting, we are traveling all over. Where does parent end and mentor or coach for like just life and how they handle a situation? go where do you hold them accountable but then also where do you just shut up and let the coach take over so that you can just be the parent yeah i i find that a little bit difficult sometimes the older he gets it's a little easier because he's just two years away from being 18 so we've switched into i'm just here to guide you and your decisions help you make them with you and not really dictate to you what you need to do but even with college I do find myself going, well, does that, what you're doing right now, line up with what you said you wanted? It's also okay to change your mind, but I'm going to hold you accountable to it. And then it's like, oh, which mode did I just switch into? And now I feel like I just damaged my kid. (laughs) So that's why it's good to have multiple people to talk to. Joby's really good about getting people to, or, or getting our children to understand that, hey, you said this. And you're locked in. However, if you change your mind, you got to let me know because she will hold sure. that line with them. But then she's always like, hey, it, you know, you said it, but that didn't mean that's forever. And Braden thinks, yeah, that's forever. Like his black and white, just period. That's forever. And then we're like, yeah, not quite. You know, if you find that you get to where you thought you would be happy and you're not, you know, it's OK mm-hmm. to change course. So it's and then for, of course, for our middle, it's like. I don't even try to change other people anymore. It's just, it's so hard to change myself. I try not to get too involved in like changing someone else, but I do ask a lot of questions now of him. Like, Hey, you said this and you're doing that. And where's that going for you? (laughs) You know? (laughs) So yeah, raising kids is, it's a, it's a fine balance depending on which kid, what time of year, what day of the week, what, what's going on with them. And, and it's so different with diff- like so many different kids, which I know you oh, know yeah. because you've got um, our nephews that you've pretty much raised as your kids. So it's not that you don't understand this. You're like, yep, that makes sense. They're different people. Yeah, they're a full <laughs> extension of us. Yep. So well, parenting that's... has. So do you have a couple parenting hacks for us we can give our listeners? Oh, gosh. Anything no, I just like literally just right fail. off the top of your head? I one thing that comes to mind when the boys were here, Christopher is a mini me in terms of health. So he's like, Auntie, okay, now that we're here, I need a list of clean skincare products so I can everything I put on the outside of my body goes on the inside. So I need what is the good shampoo, conditioner, deodorant, face washes. So I'm like all excited, you know? But then it was okay for all my football and training. Everything I put in my body needs to be clean and good and high protein and healthy so that even if I feel good now, I'll maintain feeling good later. 
every ingredient package he looked at, he was like, oh no, it has this red dye. It has this. It can do that to your brain. And I'm like, I know I feel overwhelmed sometimes. Often. I cannot imagine being his age, having the knowledge to do all this research, and then not having the control of the purchase. Right. And, and the anxiety that goes into that. And so I had to switch to, well, what are the three main things we can control when everything feels out of control? And so giving power back to when everything's in chaos, what is it that we can do? So you find those couple things to hold on to. And this works at any stage as a kid, as an adult, because otherwise it's so easy to unravel. So he's like, well, I can't always control that. Even if there's crap in the house, I don't have to eat it. Even if there's products that maybe I wouldn't love to use, I can choose the best of the ones that we have. And so that was a good reminder for me, especially being on a tighter budget right now. The products that we want to purchase are a little bit outside the purse and reach for us because we're trying to save money in some areas. And so being able to teach that to him and him see it in practice, like this is what my preferred item is. I'm going to choose to not get this and get the next, the second tier one because I don't want to put our family in a position. And so I feel like that gave him a little bit more ease in his decision-making when it came to certain stuff. When he goes back home, because when he comes here, it is a lot more organic and natural. And that's just, especially in Seattle, it's way more expensive to buy those items. So, and I've been trying to carry that over with Titus and Isaiah when we talk, like, well, what are things we can do today? I hear all the things you're saying are frustrating, but what's something we can do? And then when you can talk about that, it feels more empowering. I don't know if that made sense. I was pretty long-winded, but that's kind of where we're at. That's a good hack. Yep. Just keeping people positive while they're going through their day-to-day choices and really trying to steer them to something that's, you know, empowering. I have a, a parenting tech hack. Oh, yeah? that can help some parents so we grew up without the internet really until we were you know teenagers right and mm-hmm. then we, there was no mobile phones there was nothing mobile about yeah. the, internet. the internet was tied to a computer somewhere sitting in a room like it wasn't mm-hmm. in the world right so but now we're we're all trying to understand what social media is doing to our, ourselves and our kids We are trying to understand the good and the bad of it, right? Because it's not all bad. There's good things that are happening in social. There's good things that are happening on the internet. There is a lot of bad, so it feels sometimes overwhelming. But I feel like if we can empower our children to come to terms with the internet in a way that's healthy, they're going to be better off. And these are boundaries Mm -hmm. we're starting to set for ourselves in our house. And I find that at, through my research, I've done a lot of research about how to um, pretty much gain control over a mobile device that you give your child. The best one I've found so far is Apple. Apple iPhones and the iPhone structure and the iPad structure, the ability to um, really figure out, okay, time limits for certain apps. Certain apps I just set no time limit on, right? Like uh, DAB, Daily Audio Bible, zero restriction, right? Full, do, like, please listen to this. Um, I found that Spotify actually had a video feature that our son was taking advantage of. He was supposed to be listening to podcasts. He was watching videos. So we cut Spotify out. (laughs) We went to Apple Podcasts instead, right? So, but I was... It was easy to do. It was a simple couple settings on on iPhone that allowed me to restrict the one and give access to the other. So, and I've looked at a lot of different ones, a lot. And when it comes to Android, it is not easy to do. It is a, a much more, I believe, over time costly because you're having a third party provider on top of your cell phone bill, on top of your your um, whatever storage you're paying and everything else it was and it was less secure the 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 ability to um 
get around stuff on Android was really easy. So I knew my kid's a little, he's going to be a little hacker of some kind. You know, he's already trying to figure out ways to get around stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, look, I don't want to deal with it. I want a report that tells me what the heck is going on. And I just want to see it. And I don't, I don't mind if he explores. Like I, we've got the computer set up to where he can go explore. The, the, I actually have Kaspersky on my computer just to make sure if he downloads something and it will scan it, it will at least tell us we have, it, you know, a worm or a virus. But um, it, it warns him and says, hey, you probably don't want to look at this, but he can click past it. And then I can see that he did it. And most of the time it's YouTube and it's not anything crazy. Like, thank you. It's, it's not, it's not um, anything predatory or anything like that, at least up to now. So I feel really good about that, but I, a a good parenting hack, if you're trying to figure out a way to lock your kid's mobile device down, I'm a hundred percent on the, on board with Apple and, and my wife, she has an Android phone, so we have an Apple iPad for her, so she controls that through the iPad, so I'm not having to get bugged at work. Hey, can I play this game, or can I do this thing, or can I just, just, he can just push ask on his phone, and then he can go talk to his parents and figure it out, hey, can I have this, and yeah, yep, here you go, or nope, or maybe, hey, do a chore here first, and then I'll do that, or we have this ongoing conversation with it, and then we also do... The flip side of that, we do two days a week in the summer, no screens. We don't care what screen it is. TV, monitors, mobile phone, devices, whatever. We don't care. We're locking it down. And then in the in the school time, that same principle takes effect in the weekdays. So the weekdays, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, no screens after school. And then Friday's game night, they're playing games all night. Saturday, they can earn time. Sunday, they earn time. This is all earned. We do give them up to an hour, not earned. So there is time where it's just, yep, it's just yours. It's what you get. If you want more, they can earn up to one more hour. So they're doing, on good days, they're doing roughly two hours a day, you know, on the on the screens. And it's been so much more beneficial to their health. They're happier. So that's yeah. my tech tip of the week is just, they're so much happier. So. I feel like we're fri- we're striking a good balance. It's, it is changing, especially with Brayden as he's getting older. But um, we'll learn that as we go. You know, we'll learn to 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 let go a bit and just you know let and try to teach them good good healthy habits and boundaries. So that's amazing. I really like that. Yeah, that is a good tip of the of the week of the year. Really, <laughs> it's hard for adults to do that. So if you practice that for your kids, it kind of holds you a little bit more accountable to what you're doing when you're around them it does give me a lot of self-reflection where i have to ask myself if i'm doing this for my child and it is the best thing what am i not doing for myself and how can i change that Mm -hmm. so that's such a great point like our our kids even though like he's not the one setting my boundaries he's helping me set my boundaries which is great because who awesome. am I going to tell him no and then go do the thing I said no? Because why? Because it's unhealthy. Don't do it. Like it's you know that's that in your head thing where you you know you want to you want to be a good parent. You want to be a good father, and you want to want to do the things you say are best for your kids. During COVID lockdowns, did you guys have these restrictions, or was it a little bit more free because of just how much chaos was ensued? Um. I wasn't, I don't know. I, I didn't really take stock of it, I guess. They didn't have mobile devices in their hand. They had their, we fought them, actually. The school gives them a Chromebook, and the school leaves the Chromebook unlocked for 24-7, 365 YouTube. And we had to oh. hide these devices. They would come in our room and steal the devices at night and watch them all night. And they'd be pissed off the next day. And we were like, we're never doing another school Chromebook again. If somebody tried to give me a school Chromebook, I'd be like, cool, it's going in the safe. I'll go get a Chromebook for my kid and I'll hand it to him locked down. Because the school didn't lock it down and they didn't give me the ability to lock it down. So they disenfranchised the parent at the t- time where the parent was told, you're the teacher. Well, are you sure? <laughs> That's interesting. Control it. Like, I wonder if it was your guys' district because Titus is, they couldn't even use YouTube. Uh, they did a lot of instruction through the YouTube channels. Oh. So because of that, they couldn't lock it down. And I don't know why they didn't set it like no after school hours. You couldn't do it kind of thing. But we tried and they would not. And we're like, well, we literally had to lock these things up because our kids would literally steal them because they knew there's an unfettered access on this machine. I can just do, you know, and they would just stay up all night and be pissed off at us all the next day, treating us like garbage. And I'm like, this is not okay. 
<laughs> so if we if we did go into something like that again, like a pandemic or something, you know what your guys's limits will be for this the kids' book, you know. And Brain's um, going into high school, so he's he's either going to be required a laptop or a Chromebook in high school. You guys will find that out in about a week or so. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. I would, if there's no ability to control it, I would just um, provide them one myself instead of having the district dictate what that looks like because the district itself may not. And around here might be different. I'll I'll look into it, you know. But even then, I mean, you're t- if you're talking lockdown again and they're um there's even one state in the union not locked down that's not a lockdown so why do it yeah you know, we, we did we not learn from the first one that if they're not all flattening the curve then it won't flatten and therefore it's not going to work and everybody's going to have you know all these different restrictions i'm sorry we need the same or none thanks it's it's called freedom <laughs> yeah well we'll see what happens moving forward i know that well, so this is speculation because, as we know, the news is not accurate. <laughs> but we have what they call some whistleblowers from inside for TSA and um, a couple other companies that are saying mid-September the administration is going to start doing some preliminary lockdowns through travel whether that's masking or vaccination requirements, which blows my mind because we've already proven that the healthiest people are the unvaccinated ones. Overall, there are quite a few people who have been vaccinated that do not seem to have challenges or issues, Um, but it has been proven that it didn't do anything for COVID uh, immunity. So it it will be interesting to see as the fall comes and the closer we get to elections, how things go for control in terms of that sort of stuff, uh, whether it's farming or COVID or whatever this new mosquito thing is happening with dengue fever or, you know, uh, the list could go on and on. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely, they're, they've laid the groundwork. It's just, it's all about um, what we allow as the people. I mean, if the people allow it, you know, that's the part that remains to be seen, right? Because we're we're learning a lot. There's a lot of international things happening right now with mm-hmm. investigation into the truth of what actually happened. A lot of things are coming to light uh, where they um, are coming to the defense of their people and the defense of people who were pretty much told if you don't do this you're going to lose your life and your livelihood and everything about your life and then the the people that are in control are trying to say oh well we didn't force you well actually you did coercion is force that's that's a it's a coercion an act of coercion that's that's not you you knew these things and claim that you didn't that's the problem is like they knew what they were doing and they said oh no and they're trying to hide behind the guise of ignorance and then it comes come to find out they actually did so you know it's interesting to watch some of this play out years later in some of these countries that actually care about their people i wonder what it would look like if you go county by county state by state people just said I had enough collectively so that the people who were nervous about what would happen would feel safe in the reinforcement from the community to say to the government, fuck off. Like, this is not okay. Well, yeah, remains to be seen. We'll see what happens. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) there's there's a lot at play here and not not any side has all the cards on, on the table. So, you know. We'll see. I do think it tilts heavier uh, globally one way Mm -hmm. um, because people who are standing up just just questioning. You don't have to be one way or the other politically. Just questioning for yourself and your family. Wait a minute. Is this what is right? Is this what our Declaration of Independence says that we have the rights for? Um, Our Constitution says we have the rights for? Questioning those things has become a norm internally 
and an extreme if you do it externally, at least from what I've seen. Well, and I, the advice I would give anyone wondering what what we can do is to learn and know your rights. Literally learn, like empower yourself with knowledge, because without knowledge, you're, you're done for. You've got to have that knowledge. That's the start. And if we don't start, we're never going to get there, right? And if we don't know anything, we got, some people feel like, hey, we were raised in this and we were taught certain things, but um, we grew up and the reality is we don't actually see that playing out in our system. Well, that mm-hmm. doesn't mean we should stop learning and stop like at least honoring those who have died to give us these rights, liberties, and protections. Yeah. Like, let's honor them by learning first what it is they died for. Because honestly, I don't think most most people in this country know what it is. Most of them don't. And that's the unfortunate part where it's like, hey, if you read these and you learn these things, it will empower you. So if someone's wondering what to do, just start researching, really. Find out what your liberties are and what your rights are and find out what the Constitution and Bill of Rights has empowered you with. I'll have to tag her. There's a couple different attorneys on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok that it's like my your daily attorney rights or something. And they just put out there like very simple things you can look up that are within your rights, whether it's for food, living, your daily stuff that most people, like you said, don't know are within your actual rights for freedom. Yep. And they make it very approachable. Yeah. That's so good. I'll have to look that up and See? it's just good it's information good to have. On yeah. the internet. <laughs> <laughs> it's there and you just got to go find it. And I think people, because they, they probably don't have the knowledge that we really hope they do that they don't feel empowered they feel disenfranchised and they feel hopeless and that's Mm -hmm. just not a good place and if there's one thing i can say is just hey the internet's there the information's there it's not the lack of knowledge or the lack of information it's a lack of knowledge and and putting um applying that knowledge so well i think it's overwhelming like our biggest response was when we did the appeal topic when we went over all of that and then we gave like a call to action we're like hey these are things you can do in your area this is a petition you can sign this is very accessible information and that gives people some empowerment to go this is not as difficult as it seems or overwhelming as it seems because now i have a task i can complete that is very within my reach yep well, and the so, way you can access the information and then even play it audibly. So, like, if you were to just say, oh, I just want to learn five minutes a day of the Constitution, you can find the Constitution and play it audibly for five minutes. It can go, you know, you can make it a, a three-month thing, a six-month thing, and it's mm-hmm. nice that we can kind of regulate how much of that we take in, because it can be daunting, right? Like, it can be a lot. So, if we just set ourselves up for success to take it in small chunks... And then over time, let our understanding grow. I think yeah. it's just, as a whole, the communities, the, your families will appreciate it. It will be, you will, you will empower your family. Yeah, I agree with that. Talking about the appeal thing, I do have a little bit of a follow-up. We've talked okay. to about this a bit, said to our listeners and followers that we would have that. So I have spoken with quite a few farmers around here. It still blows my mind how little the global network of business owners, farmers, restaurant owners, and entrepreneurs know about Appeal. Yeah. Um, I recently spoke with a restaurant owner, pretty well known in our community, and one of the buyers for their produce and for their products. And I just asked, like, hey, does any of your products have Appeal? And they're like, what? I'm like, you know, the pesticide-free organic spray they're putting on our produce to make it last longer. She's like, no, I don't think so. And I said, well, have you asked your the company that you purchase everything from? Oh, I didn't even know I had to. I just thought they would tell us. So then she talks to the general manager of the restaurant. They start looking into it. They find out that this company is selling products with appeal, and they never knew. And so it goes all the way deep into 
what are your rights as a buyer that something should be disclosed or was it disclosed in a way that you have to know to ask the questions or you just signed a form with some kind of verbiage in there that's like they have the right to change something within these parameters and not notify you. So what it did is it caused a real big upset, not in the way I was expecting. It was like a don't rock the boat. And whoever you're talking to is causing problems rocking the boat here because we were doing just fine before you started asking questions. And now it's an inconvenience because I have to look into this because this person is causing the community to start asking. So I might have ruffled quite a few feathers. You go, girl. (laughs) And I'm not mad about it. It does, personally, for my own pocketbook, cause some disruption. Because then there is a large part of the community who has deeper pockets who don't want to support my business because I'm causing the, the local community to start asking questions. And I think that's where transparency becomes your biggest source of power because they go, well, what are you doing? Who are you buying from? Here are all my books. Everything is open. Take a look. And I want to continue to maintain that conviction, which I do see where it becomes difficult because there are times where a shortcut could make me a few thousand dollars more. And for my family, that could be a really big deal. But choosing to maintain these convictions, whether it costs me my company or not, is something my husband and I have decided is worth it to us. So a parallel to that um, can be compared to um, the adjustable rate mortgage um, situation we had back early 2000s where um, lenders had to ask themselves, are we going to sell these garbage products and put people, families into bad positions to profit? Or are we going to continue to sell conventional mortgages at a decent rate um, to protect these families? And a lot of people did. They went down the path of let's screw everyone over and scorched earth and burn them all. And I paid my house off. And I can't get behind that. Yeah. <laughs> I much more further respect people who stuck to their guns and really, you know, took the the road less traveled like you are. So that's mad respect, sis. Thanks. It's (laughs) it's hard, but, you know, having these conversations, at least for for our local community. I had a woman, we were at the market and she was like, oh, you're the one who brings up the appeal. And I said, well, that sounds negative the way you say it. And I take it as a positive. She goes, oh, no, I love it. You're just pissing a lot of people off, but I think it's great. And I thought, at what level of business do you have? I don't think greed is the right word, but is it fear that if you are in enough pockets that if you disrupt the status quo, you're saying, and you're so worried about your finances that you're just willing to look past certain stuff to not cause disruption in your own personal life. When it appears, and again, I'm not at that level, it appears that you would have the power through your voice and your platform to make a change on that level. But again, I don't know where their connections are and how deep pockets for them go with other companies. And if they say something, it could cut ties. So I always make comments about big government, but it really is not always government. It's about people who are in power financially that are affecting the way that what you would think is a local business is doing business, but really it's who they're connected to. Well, I think people um, that care are going to get mad for the right reasons. Like, they're going to get upset because they feel like they're being bamboozled. Um, they're being, um, I mean, so at t- sometimes blatantly lied to, right? Like, mm-hmm. or such fine print and such in the bottom of whatever that, or they've been convinced that this spray is organic and healthy, right? So they've been 
um, convinced of things that simply aren't true. So it's at that point, yeah, piss them off, like make them mad. They need to get mad for the right reasons. And I think a lot of us do because this is our food chain. We're not talking about our, you know, a watch or a bracelet or, a, you know, something pretty. We're talking about something our body has to survive on. And and if we're eating the right things, thrive on, right? So if we're going to get poisoned, at least like you said, we're going to poison ourselves by knowledge. We're going to know that cigarette's bad for us. We're going to know or this espresso martini. That, that, that the alcohol is not good for our liver. We're going to know. And that is choice. And that is okay. But when you poison someone against their knowledge and have gone out of your way to not empower them with that knowledge, you are a murderer. I mean, just flat fact if you're doing that, that is a bold statement sir knowledge that you're going to hurt someone by giving them this whatever right i guaranteed if i handed someone arsenic and they died i'd be convicted of murder absolutely like, how is this not the same thing when a company hands someone poison and doesn't tell them it's poison and they eat it that's the same thing to me you know that's uh that, that's well, that's where my my anger personal anger comes in when i'm trying to feed my kids something healthy and i find out that it's not healthy I'm very upset about it. Because organic doesn't necessarily mean organic. Anymore. It used to. Yeah. And that's where I think some farmers who actually believe that their product is going to market organic are going to get really upset and really mad. <laughs> I'm trying to think what the, I think I sent it to you email, what it, what the information was about organic products allowed or not allowed in our produce whether it's sprayed before yep. harvest or after harvest. Do you Finished. have that? Finished. Well, and you'd said something about how they can finish um, certain um, products like beef. They can finish it non-organic. And it's like, wait, what? What's this here? This is sneaky. It's sneaky. Yeah. Yeah. It was something about um, organic matter and material doesn't always have to be comprised of all organic products. Oh, yeah. There's a certain amount they, they allow in that's non. Mm-hmm. And what those restrictions are are unknown to us. Really? Mm-hmm. So they've created some random chart that they gauge off of that is invisible to the the end consumer. The public, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's that doesn't sound shady at all. I mean, shoot. And, and if anybody wants to debate <laughs> me on this, I welcome this conversation. Yeah. Because to me, a debate does not have to be an argument or a fight. It is just a topic of conversation that we discuss on all sides. I don't even want to say both because there's so many variances yeah. that we can pull up from multiple different companies. And at the end of the day, one person can argue, well, this company doesn't do that. And, and I can say, well, this one does. It all goes back to what's allowed by the FDA and the CDC. Now, what most people are arguing is the core value conviction of a company owner saying, well, not everyone does that. That's right. Not everybody does that. But what's allowable and what people choose to do are two different things. Right. Well, and it brings up the point to myself do i trust the fda to take care of my health no i don't no and most americans shouldn't even if they do they need to read like they really do need to read more about the fda and what that system looks like and how they rule on certain things i just um, saw an instagram post somebody had made you know they hold those cardboard signs or whatever and it said if everything falls to shit in the U.S., nobody's coming to save you. We don't get aid or finances from any other country. We're not getting drop ship food. We're not getting drop ship medical supplies. We're on our own. We are our own freedom. And and I just go back to how much aid Ukraine has gotten from us and how much aid Hawaii got from the government. Our own people have got less help than an out of country we are on our own touching on hawaii so i've watched a lot of homegrown hawaiian videos um where they are asking 
for help directly. They said they're not getting much, if any, help from mm-hmm. their own government. The Red Cross isn't there. There was roadblocks stopping massive amounts of help to come through and come in. And um, so I was just trying to understand, like, what happened there? Well, what I didn't know was there was 80 mile an hour winds. The fire picked up and it went one mile per minute. And you have less than a minute to get out of your home before your home suffocates and kills you from all the toxins from what's burning. So you might have had a literal, literal 120 second warning before you were dead. Like, well, because they chose to not. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get out of, you know, when I can. It was, no, you had a literal one-minute warning with another one minute your house is burning and you better get out or you're dead. And there was whole families just dead, all huddled together. There was no warning. They just, and then at the aftermath of that, the people that did survive, no help whatsoever, no water coming in, no food. And these people are literally taking boats across to other islands and bringing bringing stuff over from other islands to help their own people because their own mm-hmm. government was not helping and wasn't doing anything and actually was standing in the way of that help. And that is so sad to me. That what what that I find is how it, we decided to handle that type of emergency. What I find really disturbing is that bef- this is where there's whatever you want to call conspiracy theorists, uh, advanced information, there was enough time to send all these kids home from school saying fires are coming. But there was no siren or alarm letting parents know. So kids were stuck in houses by themselves. Oh, wow. Because parents were not told. And we have friends on the island and who were born and raised there who are saying whatever this $700 per family or per person aid is, Nobody's gotten. Uh, you have to get a pass just to go into your town or your space that they say is for your own protection. No. And they're finding that a lot of the places that were burned were places that the government has been pushing for land grabs. And so the government or the governor himself has said initially. We're not doing any land grabs. If anybody wants to purchase your land, don't allow them. Now it's for your own family's well-being. If somebody offers to purchase your land, you should let them. And that's what the locals were extremely worried about and why they do not want to leave their homes. Because they know Mm -hmm. how valuable that land is to corporations and to Mm -hmm. the government. And they are unwilling to leave. They would rather die on that land than to give it up. Yep. And that's sad that they're put in that position after such a tragic, horrific fire that killed massive amount of people. I mean, more than we've seen in a century, right? So that's the part, like, if we want to help, we've got to find those grassroots people on the ground and we got to give to them. Yep. That's how we help those people. We give it direct. We do not try to give it to an organization that says they want to help. Let's just go help people directly. Yeah, direct to the person. Yeah, and I'm going to go do some research. I'm going to find some of these GoFundMes and stuff that are going to be um, good links for our listeners to, and, to help. And there are some Venmo setups. Some of the GoFundMes are getting shut down. They are. Um, okay. And it's not even because the person is corrupt or taking money. It's that, you know bigger parties at play are putting question over it and GoFundMe is still a corporation regardless of where they say they stand. And I dealt with this with people in Thailand who were Americans who needed help and we had started a GoFundMe and everything was legitimized and they there was a couple Canadian residents and some of the local government didn't like it, flagged it, and so all the funds were frozen. And it took about five years to get them released. The the funds Whoa. Yeah. Um, so, direct, so GoFundMe is saying, great, but direct is best. Venmo, and, PayPal, things that are more yeah. direct. Okay. Because if you're worried, where's my mo- what's going to happen with my money? I would rather worry that somebody who's a local who's been displaced ends up being a little greedy and taking it, than a corporation takes it and holds it for themselves. Right. Because it's well, still the at the end of the there, day going to somebody's pocket. I mean, they're helping each other, like. That is the Hawaiian culture. They, the mm-hmm. people that are local there, that's everybody's family there. 
If they're local, yeah. their family, they're getting taken care of. There was guys out there with their boats running out of gas going, hey, we would help more. We don't have gas. Like, mm-hmm. we, we need to help our people. Please give us gas. Like, they didn't want yeah. anything for it. They just wanted to keep filling the boat. Like, it's not, they didn't want money. They wanted to save people's lives. So That's what I don't understand about, like, how people are able to turn a blind eye. Like, you see the billions of dollars going to other countries and, and then our own government comes out and says, oh, we're going to give $700 and a blanket and some food. But you have to wait in a four-day line to get a ticket just to be able to access that. That doesn't mean you have it yet. It's just a ticket. It's important we put ourselves in the shoes of these people because those people could literally be us someday. And, and there are people, our nation. There are our people, and those are our families, and we need to take care of them because there's going to be a day where we need it, and we've got to take care of each other. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah we, we'll definitely post some links. I, I know people personally I can vouch for that have been collecting funds who have homes there who have families there whose homes have been burned down and how important it is to give to those. You don't always need to know that a gate specifically is this, this family or that you're a part of this big picture that now you're on a GoFundMe page where 2 million has been given. If you're giving a blanket to a child who needs it, some food and water to a child who needs it, you don't need a photo. You don't need any of that. Just be a good fucking person. Yep. Agreed. I'm going to challenge myself on that one, too. So. Oh, good. We'll yep. have some follow-up on that because we we can't... Nobody's coming to save you but yourself. And if we keep that mentality, then we know that the conviction to give to people directly in our nation will be greater. We take care of ourselves. We take care of our own. Take care of each other, yeah. Even mm-hmm. in, in spite of the fact our own government who is tasked to take care of us chooses not to we're going to do it anyways it's a full it's a full choice and and nobody's mm-hmm. you know when biden said i'll eventually go there i don't want to get in the way and then goes to lake tahoe like you can fuck right off my dude because if you went there with the amount of people who follow you whatever your platform is they're going to want to give more it it was a decision educated calculated decision to not go yep. so take care of others to, the way to you would disenfranchise, help to, be to disenfranchise the people there mm-hmm. to give corporations more power yeah i mean japan two million is not a lot but japan gave two million dollars in aid wow and if you look at the history between hawaii and oh. japan oh yeah the fact that Japan, now I don't know if it's a true intent of give, if it's a, hey, look what we're doing in the U.S. government isn't. At the end of the day, they gave $2 million. What does that say? Yeah. So, yeah, if, if people know of places that can be given, if they have any stories they want to share, we're, we're open to hearing that. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's uh, wrap this with some inspiring uh, stories that we can give people to give them hope. Do you have anything uh, offhand that you can give people hope maybe in your life? It's some something you've gone through that you've been able to overcome and, and maybe something that you didn't maybe think at the time you could? I do have some things I think are tangible that we don't maybe always realize gives us hope in the moment Um, as we've been building our community here and working at the market kind of weekly I've been growing in relationship with different farmers and different people at the market and each week as we set up and take down people are like oh let me help you with this or hey do you need me to help take stuff to the car or oh I have these tomatoes left over go ahead and take them. And I kind of looked at my collection at the end of last week's and I'm like, I have these amazing organic carrots. I have some tomatoes, I have some honey, I have some garlic. And I thought if I went to the store, all of this would easily be over $50. And not only were these gifts that 
I have received, but in the relationships we've been getting, we're cultivating a network of these fibers that are being woven in or woven in of strength that when things happen, it becomes that much harder to tear down, tear apart. And I know that at any moment they can call on me and I, I will say, let me help you with this. Or I can call on them and they will come, no questions asked. We don't have a long history. We don't know a lot about each other's personal lives. We're starting to learn as we build this community. But it's always a no question asked. Like, you need it, here it is. And it kind of made me emotional coming home with this like big paper bag full of items that I can use this honey and this garlic to make a homemade remedy for the flu and to build immune system. I can take these carrots and pickle them or jar them and know that I have them for the winter time if we're running short on any of our local produce. And it made me very emotional to know that these labors of love were given as a gift with no strings attached. And it does start small. It starts with one thing. One thing you do, one thing somebody else does, starts to build a very large network of strength and hope. And so this whole week, I've just felt so much more of a thankful heart in the community that we're building, knowing that even in difficult times, this is what comes natural to humans, wanting to give, wanting to build and stay strong in, in that community. And you become a family in a different way. And so every day I've just woken up like, I keep the honey on the counter. I have four different local honeys, all as gifts. And I, I wake up every day and I see that. And I thank God for what he's given us. Thank God for the community. And it keeps me grounded when I'm starting to get kind of unraveled about what's going on, going, let's go back to what this is and what you have right here. And so it's just, it's taken a little bit of time and very little effort to build this community. You just have to put yourself out there in conversation. And, and so that's, that's my thing is it's, it's not difficult. Just put yourself out there. Well, that builds faith in humanity. Um, I have a similar story this week, actually, we were, and this is from perfect strangers. We went out to um, some food trucks that were near us and they were all in one space. They come in, I think once a week for a certain amount of time. We were, we were like six minutes late to this thing. I didn't realize what time they stopped and mm -hmm. trucks were leaving. And, and we showed up and we were um, looking for food and they're like, well, we have limited time. We're, we're shutting down, you know, and we're like, okay, it makes sense. These guys were so overly gracious and nice. They, they stayed later. They cooked for us. They, they fed us. Every, all the other food trucks left. There was one left that was um, unpacking. So they weren't a truck. They were uh, in the back of their vehicle. They they had mm -hmm. unpacked a tent and packed everything. Well, it was a Euro place. And we're just, we're just sitting enjoying our food. Everybody else is gone. And they look over to us. Well, they came over and he said, hey, I have a whole bunch of food that's going to go bad. Do you want it? Like, I, I'd rather someone have it. And we're like, well, sure, let's go look, you know. He had a huge, like, I mean, I'm talking the giant containers of rice, you know, probably this tall, mm -hmm. you know, this wide, all rice, lamb, chicken, like a bunch of it. And we're like, are you sure? You know, like, oh, yeah, you know, find someone that, you know, can use it. And it's it's better to go to someone I'm like, I've got three boys, like they could eat all this food. you know. And he was like, yeah, sure. We'd, we'd much rather help out people who, you know, need it. I was telling my dad that. Hey, you had kids. That's that's gonna be tough to feed them. You know, let's mm -hmm. let's help these people out. And in the end, we ended up blessing them too. We're like, here, let me give you some money. Like, let me help you guys. They were very grateful for the money. It was gonna help them. So they're from Florida, and they come and they travel from Florida up here each summer to do their food trucks. So they kind of do oh, wow. along the way. They'll do their food, and um, so we immediately jumped onto their insta and we're like we're we're following them on insta and they followed us back and and we just we just had just a genuine interaction with people who actually cared about people and about um you know not wanting to let things go to waste and it was really good food and it was really great to meet them and just have that awesome opportunity so it I just love that. restores faith right in, in humanity in general thank so you for sharing that's exciting like, 
Yeah. We'll have to tag their Instagram on our West of the Midwest. Okay. Yeah, for sure. So they're, um, they do euros, but they spell it Y-E-R-R-Y-E-E-R-O, euro, because they were having, they got, they got, um, a lot of people saying gyro and they just didn't like the fact that people called it gyro. They're like, it's not, it's a euro, but (laughs) Americans don't know, you know, especially in the South and, and the Midwest they're, they just say it like it's spelled not knowing and i knew because i mean of course we came from seattle like we, yeah. we got all kinds of food there but yeah it's just it, it helped restore some faith in humanity and really wanted me to find ways to do random acts of kindness too that's amazing so that's that's our commission for the week small or big whatever your capacity is find some ways to do active ra- random acts of kindness in your community what do you think Oh, I'm going to do it. It's it's just going to happen. <laughs> I'm just going to find a way. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, I love it. That's a good way to end this podcast. Yeah. So if anybody wants to get involved in discourse between, you know, things that you don't necessarily agree with us on, that would be great. We'd love to to have you on the podcast and, and see some alternative perspectives. We don't want this to be in a vacuum. We We want this to be a community that can help grow itself and each other. So. Perfect. Well, I love it. Happy week. Happy week. Bye, everybody. (laughs) Bye. Hope you enjoyed the ride. Glad we didn't crash. If you have any feedback or ideas for future episodes, we'd love to hear from you on our social media. Please leave us a review on Spotify or wherever you podcast.